Hey everyone, this is Molly Zachary. Welcome to my podcast, The Gallery Intention. Here you will find a collection of stories, conversation, and creative endeavors that will keep you inspired and connected to an uplifting community. Discover new creative content, get energized to take the next step in your creative journey, and be encouraged by others who are walking right beside you. So let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. So today we are going to talk about role models. I think one of the problems people have when they are making their own path is finding the answer to the question, who do I look up to? If you're like me, I see an artist or a cool company and think, wow, I want to do something like that. But that's just it. I want to do something like that. So where do I go from there? With creative practices, rarely do people want to be an exact copy of someone else. We want our own thing, but at the same time, we know how important it is to have role models to look up to that do something similar. First off, I want to say yes, we definitely need those role models. We need people to look up to that are inspiring, that are similar to us, and are different from us. But I think a major problem we run into is only having examples of these crazy successful people the rich and the famous, and what we really, really need are examples of people only a few steps ahead of us. These people are actually harder to find because they're not going to have a seven-figure business or have their thoughts written down in a published book. It takes effort to search out these role models, but it's so, so important to our creative practice to do so. Today, I'm going to share my thoughts on these middle-of-the-road role models, the problems we face when we skip to the big-shot role models, and how to start finding practical and helpful people to be good examples to follow. At the end, I'm going to open up a bit about where I'm at in my creative practice, which is kind of scary to open up about, but I do really want to help those listening that are curious about where I'm at and maybe are a step or two behind me and could really benefit from my insight of where I'm at. And I really want to encourage you to do the same. So I'm going to take that step first and open up so that you all can open up with those around you that need to hear about your story. I had a really fun time diving deeper into this topic of role models, the examples that we look up to. So I'm really excited to share what I learned and I hope this is helpful for you. So let's get started. It was in my second year of college when I started contemplating dropping out and doing something on my own. My now husband, Chris, who I just started dating at the time, sent me a YouTube video of Chris Doe. And if you don't know who he is, he's an incredible designer. And if you haven't seen his work, you've surely seen people copy his work. 
All that to say, he's a big figure in the design industry. And the first video I watched that Chris sent me was about education and the ability to succeed without a traditional college education. So it was very relative to me. It was helpful. It was educational. And starting out, he seemed like a perfect role model for me to follow my next few steps after. But it didn't take me long to find out I was mistaken with that. And this isn't because he's a bad person, and it surely doesn't mean I can't learn anything from him, but there are a few key points that arose to convince myself to look for other examples out there. I didn't know exactly why he wasn't a good fit at the beginning, but after reflecting on it, I came up with these points. These points I'm going to share are problems that happen when we don't invite other examples into our lives. Problem number one, they are beyond reach. Now, don't take this too negatively. I'm not saying you'll never match their success. It's just that there are so many levels between you and them that it may become overwhelming. And also, their success might not be what success is for you. On top of that, if they do share creative advice, it often is too generic to be made into actionable steps for you personally. For example, let's say you make beautiful handmade hats and you're wanting to start selling them. If you looked at the advice of a big influencer with a clothing line, they would probably give you something like, be authentic and nail down your branding, which is all good and it will be really helpful to keep in mind as you go along. But what you really need is someone who started selling hats two years ago saying, I made X amount of sales, I made X amount of styles, and priced them with this profit margin. I started with this online market and then expanded to other local pop-ups. With the influencer example, you often feel like you're learning, but you're not quite getting anywhere with it. With the advice of the person who only started two years ago, you have a price point example, market options, and someone close enough for you to message for help along the way. It's kind of like if you wanted to bake something and you go to a professional cake decorator. They'll explain how to flatten fondant correctly and how to perfectly complement the frosting color to the cake, all before you even know how to bake. Better yet, all before you even know that it's a cake that you want to bake. Which brings us to problem number two. You force yourself to follow a path leading to someone else's dream before you know what your dream is. Unless you have a perfect vision of what you want your future creative practice to be, if you're like me, your dreams may look a little more foggy than that. Going back to the example of baking, you're going to have to ask questions like, what do I want to bake? Before even considering in-depth tutorials of cake decorating. This is because if you jump right in, you may become so blinded of reaching the goal of decorating that perfect wedding cake, when really if you just stopped and asked those simple questions first, you might not even want to bake cakes. You might want to bake brownies or something else. If you get too caught up on the details of one specific field, you're going to get too distracted of learning that without realizing that it's not even that field that you want to go into. This is why you need someone a few steps in front of you. 
when you start to follow them, you can take a look around the path you're on and see if it's suited for you. And if it is, you have the reassurance to keep going and you have that person to ask questions to along the way. If not, those few steps got you somewhere and you can pivot to a different direction. If you have a far away example that you're running towards, you can get way too distracted running that you don't stop and evaluate if it's really the path you want to be on. I'd say the perfect balance is to have a few examples on the scale. Have a big shot example and then work backwards until you have someone who you can look up to that you would be able to reach over email. Here's a little bonus problem that I think some people might have, and that is having over expectations for who we call a role model. I think the term role model is kind of scary sometimes to use, and the thing to remember is that no one is perfect, therefore no one will be a perfect role model. On top of that, no one else is you except for you. So even if you find someone close to perfect in your head, the ideal person with the ideal career, there are a million factors of their life that are different from yours. I'm not saying to lower our goals, just the expectations per person that we look up to. I think we would benefit a lot more from looking at an assortment of people rather than just one or two. If you are still crafting together what your ideal creative practice is, this is where you can let yourself have fun. When you see someone ahead of you, don't think, oh, I need to do everything they're doing. Or on the flip side, think, oh, I love their work, but I don't really love their lifestyle. And then just toss them out. This is where you can problem solve and have fun piecing together an original path for yourself. Take some habits from one role model and the style of another. If you have a family, you probably want to take the time management advice from a role model that has a family and not the one that works 80 hours a week and travels all the time. The point I guess I'm trying to make is that people are people. Don't put your role models on a pedestal and think you have to follow them 100% or walk away and find another. Admire aspects of them and adopt the ones that make sense for you and your walk. For example, two of my favorite podcasts I listen to are Creative Pep Talk by Andy J. Pizza and Behind the Scenes by The Roll-Offs. Creative Pep Talk is very similar to what I want to do with my podcast, and a lot of his ideas and analogies just really click with me, and it's really inspiring for me to listen to that and to kind of adopt some of that into my creative practice. Now, the Behind the Scenes podcast is mainly about marriage and family, specifically from a Christian perspective. So the subject matter isn't really something that I'm going to talk about a lot and isn't really something that I'm going to put into my creative practice specifically. But their lifestyle, their business advice, their family perspective are all things that I really enjoy, and it really helps my creative practice in a completely different way than Creative Pep Talk does. And I think having different perspectives and those different role models and examples are so great because you can benefit from them in so many different ways. 
Now, those podcasts are pretty big, and it's more comfortable for me to call them role models. But I also have role models that have no following at all, or maybe they just started a new creative practice. And they are just as much a role model for me than those big podcasts that I listen to. So how do we start finding these people and choosing these role models to look up to? I know I started off this podcast talking about how the middle of the road role models are what we need the most, but to get there, it's actually pretty helpful to start with the rich and famous big shot ones. So for this part, I created a chart, and you can get that by going to my website, mollyjzachary.com, hit that free stuff button, and that will take you to the page where you can download that in case you need a visual. So we're going to start with the big shots. As a reminder, just because we're starting out with these people does not mean that they are the most successful. Success is completely defined by you. Maybe your success is having an unlimited amount of money, or it could be having enough side income that you can travel with your family in the summer. It could be freedom with your time. It could be having a children's book be published. So don't overthink this part. Don't view these people as people you absolutely need to be. Just relax and pick people that you think have a cool creative practice. If you would love to make a children's book someday, this is where you can write down a famous author or famous illustrator. These people are going to be the most distant from you, so they're going to have the lightest impact. So this step should go pretty fast. Next, we're going to go to the some days category, and I named it the some days because these are the people that you could see yourself someday connecting with in the future. Their practice has matured and they are well-rooted in their field. So let's say your dream is to be a blogger. It probably wouldn't be the pioneer woman. She would be one of the big shots. So for this step, it would be someone who has been blogging for several years. They have a solid brand and they have a committed fan base. Note that I said committed fan base. It doesn't have to be a huge following. Just people who are very interested in their work and are consistent in consuming their work. This category of examples is helpful because they're a bit closer to you, so you can study them a bit easier. It's easier to observe their brand changing, their voice, and tactics for growth and creativity. Now, the last category is the big kid. I named this one the big kid because it's really funny to look back on my childhood and remember how highly I thought of kids only two or three years older than me. As a freshman in high school, the seniors were the coolest people I knew, even though they were literally only three years ahead of me. I knew that I had the same path as them, the same activities to be involved in, the same way to block my schedule even. It's so funny that I was intimidated and unsure if I could get to their spot, even though it was so obvious that I was on track to get there. A lot of us probably think we get over that after high school, but we do the same thing with people a few steps ahead of us in our practice. We often dream of the big shots of being high and mighty, but usually we're too scared to even email or message someone who has a slightly bigger portfolio than us. I think it's because these people are not that far from us 
We compare rather than want to learn from them. So think of these people and write them down. I know it might be strange writing your neighbor's name down on a list of role models, but don't overthink it. It literally can be anyone that you think you can learn from. I hope writing these names down pushes you past those walls and enables you to take a leap and connect with these people. Sure, we may not be able to have a conversation with the pioneer woman about her blog, but surely you can have a conversation with someone who started their blog a year ago. And this is why this step is the most important. These middle-of-the-road role models are the ones that have the most power and influence to help you grow. Those big-shot examples are fun to look up to, but like I said, most of the time, they're going to be the ones that have the lightest impact on you. Make sure that you connect to these people. Now, I also want you to hold this chart very loosely because it's supposed to change. Once you start growing and connecting, the experiences you gain might cause you to pivot. The big shots that you thought had the perfect life might not look as appealing to you anymore once you get to steps two and three and realize that this path isn't the one that you want to be on. So don't be afraid to change it. Pursuing an outdated dream for the sake of just sticking to it is useless. I know because I've done that so many times, I don't want to change another time, so I keep following what I think I should follow, and it doesn't get me anywhere that I want. I don't want you to write these examples down so that they can be your forever examples to look up to. The only reason I want you to write these examples down is for you to have a starting place so you can have a visual motivation to start acting rather than just sitting on your dream. We are now to the part where I share a little bit about where I've been and where I am at with my creative practice. This is something that I would have hated to share, honestly, not that long ago, because it's just, it feels so much safer to keep everything hidden so you feel like no one can judge you with where you are in life and your creative practice. But that is literally the worst thing we can do for our community. We need to hear the examples of other people, of other creatives. And that's the only way we're going to grow and have a good support system and learn from each other. So I went to school for two years for graphic design. During those two years, I realized graphic design was something I did not want to do. And because I didn't exactly know what creative field I wanted to be in, I didn't really see the cost benefit weighing out to continue college, at least for that time. So I dropped out and started taking classes on Skillshare which I very much recommend. Skillshare is amazing, and I still take classes from there today. And I did that in hopes to polish up my portfolio so that I could be hired by a studio for mainly illustration. So as I was doing those classes, I was also working part-time at a coffee shop when COVID hit, which was great. (laughs) And it was about a month before I moved to Kentucky I ended up stepping away from that job so other people could have those shifts because the shifts were very limited during that time. 
And I kind of had to decide if I wanted to pursue another part-time job or just fully focus on my artwork. And I decided to focus on my artwork, which was a really big decision because I enjoyed having that consistent income, but I knew that this would be better for me. And I started an Etsy shop, and that's where I started to paint gouache paintings of pet portraits. I painted a gouache painting of my brother-in-law's dog, and I thought maybe it could sell. So I put it up on Etsy, which was something I never thought I would do. I really didn't want to start an Etsy because I was so focused on getting hired by a studio. I didn't think I would really want to do anything on my own. But I ended up really enjoying the process. And that was almost a whole year ago, which is crazy to think that it's been that long and that COVID has been around for that long. And although I enjoy it, I know that that's something that I don't want to do long term. So I have that Etsy shop up and I'm going to continue doing it for a little while longer. But really, back in the fall when I thought of the idea of this podcast, that was something that I was way more interested in and could see myself doing for a very long time and growing it into a multifaceted business. So really, that's what I'm mainly focusing on. I'm doing a few other Etsy shop ideas, which aren't quite out yet, so I can't quite share all the details of that with you yet. But throughout this past year, I've transitioned a lot from wanting to be hired at a studio to deciding to be completely my own boss, which is something I never wanted to do, but I realized I really enjoy, and focusing on encouraging other people in their creative practices. So this podcast idea came in the fall and it was the first idea that I could really see myself doing long term. Even when I wanted to work in a studio, I only saw myself working in a studio for two to five years. And the biggest transition I went through this year was from viewing my creative practice as a source of income to viewing it as a mission, which is really difficult. It's a lot easier for me to see the value of my work in a paycheck rather than in other forms. But when I started to think more about my mission and purpose of creativity, I got way better vision of what I want to do and better direction. And it's what made me start this podcast, and it's what makes me continue doing this podcast and my Etsy work. So I'm really excited to continue working on those two areas and watch them grow. And although my creative practice is completely different than what I thought it was going to be six months ago, a year ago, it's been really great and although very, very difficult, a very enjoyable process as well. And I'm excited to look at the role models I've written down and start connecting more and challenging myself to grow more and be more connected in a creative community. And I hope that you do the same. So I hope this podcast was helpful. I hope these stories and examples were helpful for you. If you want to get connected or you have any ideas, you can contact me. Just go on my website, mollyjzachary.com, and you can find my email there. 
Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay creative, keep learning, and build your community.